big plays and offensively um, doing everything with our power and within our power of carrying the football when we possess it. That's how we do, how we do, fancy life. Had a pleasant good Tuesday afternoon. The Jack Michael Show coming to you live and direct from, as you know, we're eating good in the neighborhood. And I love our, our Tuesdays at Applebee's on 740 The Fan, 740thefan.com, the fifth largest daytime signal in the United States of America. So good to have you on board wherever you're tuning in today, whether that be in Manitoba or uh, Saskatchewan and the Dakotas or Minnesota. It is a, uh, a good afternoon today. Jack Michaels here live. We'll talk with Greg in a second because uh, one word, or is it two? One word, Dottoritas. They seem to be very popular at Applebee's. I'm not sure whose idea this was, but there's, uh, there's somewhere men or women in buckets stirring right now at all the Applebee's all over the region. You heard of the montage. There are a couple of things. You heard Mondre Fleury. Special night for him tonight for the Minnesota Wild in net uh, playing Montreal in Quebec in his uh, backyard. And probably the final time, as we said, for Marc-Andre Fleury as the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Netminder, we'll get to more of that coming up. You heard from Kevin O'Connell on uh, how to play a perfect game because they might need it against San Francisco Monday night. And then you heard a series of home runs, which apparently – is the key in postseason baseball uh, today? Castellanos is approaching Reggie Jackson type uh, type air when it comes to postseason hold run. Uh, Jordan Alvarez continues to swing it well, but Houston down two games to none to the Texas Rangers. And well, I don't know what you did on your birthday, but Bryce Harper hit a ball 420 feet and a fight in Phils. And we've got reason to to cheer on the Phils. Not only our dear friend, our BFF Chris Coast, who won a World Series with the Phillies, but Matt Strom, West Fargo's own part of that Phillies team. You also heard from Bubba Schweigert and Matt Entz. Derek, the I don't know if I call that the fallout uh, from Saturday or just just in the wake of what happened Saturday in Grand Forks. Uh, two coaches that both have concerns. One, how to not have a, a letdown or a hangover or get get back on track at North Dakota as they face Northern Iowa. The other, how to not overreact and panic and switch everything up midway through a season in Mad Ed. So, among other things, it's a, it's a busy Tuesday live from Applebee's. Dick Bremer, the TV voice of the Minnesota Twins, will join us in a little bit here. And a good buddy, Alex Seiner, Midco Sports, and from CBS Sports, he He'll uh, got twofold today. There's another UND-NDSU matchup tonight. It just happens to be at the Benson Bunker Fieldhouse. Alex can touch on that. And also, decent-sized hockey weekend this weekend in Grand Forks. Number one, Minnesota. Number five, UND. Derek, I uh, I scratched the surface, and you thought that last weekend was busy. I guess there's more this week, huh, buddy? Well, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned that, too. It's uh, I think... I, I I just think that this Northern Iowa game is going to be one that a lot of the FCS looks at, and no doubt the folks are going to be going to face their arch rivals or the Gophers. There'll be a lot of uh, of football fans wearing hockey jerseys, kind of paying attention to that. I think the game that you're going to and calling is going to be pretty key, key as far as the playoffs are concerned, because you know I, I think UND is in a position where they could really put uh, the Panthers on the ropes once again. And having not been there, but just two times in fifty. Years, that's right, Sequenta, 50 years, and uh, that's that's intriguing. And Bubba, Bubba had said, too, I think it's their homecoming as well. So we've got a lot to get to. Uh, Greg, our, our dear friend Greg, so Greg sent, sent Brett over to, like, Jamestown. These guys are never stopped. They're either it, it, they're on the call. You guys should have been, like, phone fixers and light pole operators because uh, Applebee's is happening, man. And I don't think it's just because the Dollaritas. I, I think that's good. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> good day. Thanks for having us out here and let us kind of invade. And uh, you have such a you know, great folks stopping by for lunch today. But, uh, you know, we, were, we did the show Friday from the north side, yep. Applebee's, and, and they started talking about the Dollaritas and the lunch menu back. But who, who came up with it? Was that a... Can you take credit for that? No, I can't. Oh, I, I wish I, was I could kind of hoping because you would. it's been such a hit. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, we did this promotion a few years back, and it was insane. Um, people loved it. Um, and it was, it was a, I want to say it was like a year or two before COVID. Sure. Um, and it just it went really well um, nationwide. Um, just brought in customers, brought in, you know, new faces, uh, you know, our regulars enjoyed it. But it was just a great campaign. 
and then COVID hit and it kind of restricted a lot of things. And, you know, we, we started bringing back different, you know, other drinks and specials monthly. Right. But we, we never went back to that Dollarita and people asked about it all the time. And, and finally the, the powers that be decided let's, let's give it another go. <laughs> uh, and again, it's just been a crazy month. Uh, it's, you know, we're, we're doing this campaign all the month of October and it's just been, you know, out of this world of how much of the dollar reader we're selling. What um, some of the some of the gang here were, were telling me about the gallons, <laughs> gallons <laughs> and gallons, charts, right? Um, yeah, it's it's a nonstop process for our bartenders having to make this product. Um, you know, uh, you know the, the the amount of volume we go through it's just amazing. Um, but you know, like I said, it's a dollar and people love it. Um, and it's actually a really good product too. So, um, I, I, I like I said, it's it's drawing in so many customers, um, seeing faces uh, that you know we normally see and new faces now. So hopefully we can get them to be loyal customers and keep coming back. I think for Applebee's, we're on the 13th Avenue, by the way. Swing on today with 13th Avenue Applebee's in, in South Fargo. And Applebee's is already a great place to congregate. Again, you got the, the TV screens. It's a, you got themes, and this is a great place to watch sports and take in all that, meet your friends. So you've already got a place that people enjoy because it's a comfortable atmosphere. The food is off the chart, you know, good. And then you then you bring back this dollar reason. and I think that's like that's just the – that's the perfect storm. Uh, the happy hours, you know, Applebee's is still known for some of the, the best happy hours in town, for goodness sakes. Three to five and then nine to close. You've got, you, you, it's like a night doubleheader in baseball. Right? Yeah. No, it's, it's you know, it's it's almost like it's too good to be true where, you, you know, you can enjoy our food and our appetizers for half off, two, you know, twice a, twice a day. So, um, you know, the three to five uh, right after, you know, you get off work and, and hop over here. And then even after the, the, the late night, nine to close, so you can't beat it. And like I said, it just tops it off with that Dollarita as well. Uh, we're hanging out at Applebee's today. Uh, Derek, by the way, and I know you, you brought this up Friday. It is October, and the, the tipsy zombie <laughs> is, uh, Derek, still very much alive. What more do you need? <laughs> and the Dracula's juice. I mean, it's, you know. So, you know, there, there's some marketing people at LB's knowing what they're doing right exactly. now. I had a yeah, friend post a... on Facebook that they were partaking Did he in really? That. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a she. She was like, oh, she? Like, yeah, she was. I was like, hey, that's pretty good. That, it was, looked pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we've had that. Uh, like I said, we have usually a monthly campaign, and that's another one of our our $5, $6 drinks that we, we have um, monthly. But we brought back the, the Dracula juice and the Tipsy Zombie. I mean, they were great last year, and people love them again. Um, so it's right now there's just so many good things going on with specials and deals and the products that we have. It's just pretty much uh, unbeatable. So, um, yeah, just, you know, come on down and uh, get to experience all this. It is a uh, it's a Tuesday edition. As I mentioned, Dick Brammer and his usual Tuesday slot will come up here shortly. We'll chat with Dick and uh, get his take. And not only the Twins, you know, you heard on, on PA show prior to this, the, the Minnesota Twins have some decisions to make. And certainly Sonny Gray, Derek, it doesn't appear that, you know, we'll see that, what that one-time offer is, if that's good enough to uh, to bring in a Sonny Gray and keep him at, at 20 mil or whatever that case may be. Or, or do you look now to, do you, you've got to, take a peek at what you have you know qualifying club option offers that the twins have to a couple of guys you know they make those and, and retain uh some of the, the jorge polancos of the world and talk about you know kepler's of the world but you might have to might have to prepare for life without sunny gray uh for the twins but you know they certainly have some in there so we'll talk with dick on that and then derek about the championship series and i and i'm thinking about you know it's kind of if you're following it it's kind of exciting but we're being you know taken there's just so much local happening and you know the vikings aren't exactly you know tearing the doors down and we've talked about this in the nfc north the win against chicago didn't quite you know spark people back into confidence that they're going to pick off san francisco but i wonder you know so maybe we are getting hyper local you know und minnesota hockey the big football game that was saturday the wild weekend that was in grand forks the the as we tiptoe towards things but if you paid attention and, and start, you know, investing into the championship series, I've run into more Houston Astro haters than I've ever ran into before. But it's not like 
Texas, I like Texas, Dick, uh, you know, uh, Chuck Morgan, their PA voice, his son Kelly was a catcher for the Red Hawks. So we've got, but Derek, I don't see people like, you know, maybe it's just me just jumping in. I think the Phillies, as much as people in the Northern Plains are not really Philadelphia cheers, I don't there's not a lot of Eagles people chiming in that beautiful fan base. And, you know, I was a, I was a Julius Irving guy growing up, so I love the Sixers growing up. But, Derek, you see what I'm getting at? I, I don't know. If you have to pick a pony in this baseball postseason race when you don't really have a pony in the race, who who's the pony the peripheral was choosing here, Derek? Yeah, I mean, the Diamondbacks, they won their World Series in 2001, right? So they're fine. Um and it just a uh, Philadelphia is Philadelphia, so I don't know as far as the American League. You're t- t- I guess the Texas Rangers finally winning uh-huh. one would be a nice story, wouldn't it? Even though Dallas, I mean, my apologies, to you. I mean, they're an embarrassment of riches. Right? They had a NBA title. They took my hockey team and they won the Stanley Cup championship right. in two thousand. I mean, it's just like you stole yeah, the North Stars. And yeah, yes. I mean, there's enough championships in the um, you know in the uh, multiplex there where they don't need anymore, but the Metroplex. So I, I, I'm just. It's kind of hard. In Houston, they're hard to pull for. For many, I like. I do like Altuve. I know a lot of people don't. Man, just what he represents of the game. I wish that cheating scandal wasn't haunting him because I think he'd be a great face for baseball. Don't you? I mean, just the way he I plays. I mean, it, it's too bad. This I, I, 2017 hangs over his head. I agree. You know, someone that's five feet, whatever Jose is, and does what he does, and you know, on top of that, I think Dusty Baker would be easy to root for. As a manager, I, I get that. Yeah, Greg, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 your particular sports teams are are whom, if I can ask. Well, if we're talking college. I mean, I'm all about UND. Oh, um, you're a Grand Forks guy. I am a Grand Forks guy. Did you hear Friday when Brett um, and Chad Starkhorn running back? Brett said, and Chad said, you guys probably just want to let the take the gas of our tank. And Brett said, yeah, you gave me an idea. Yeah. So that. <laughs> um, but you know, I I enjoy um, all North Dakota sports. So I mean, I do root for UND, but. Um, if there's anything, any sport that involves North Dakota, um, I'm their biggest fan. So, um, but yeah, it was uh, Vikings guy. You know, my wife is. I didn't originally grow up in this area, so. Um, yeah, well, Brett's in Madison. I mean, he's a Packer guy. Yep. So, I mean, it's a, we get it all. That's the great thing about the fan. We get right. My I, my mom. I'm actually going back to Wisconsin this weekend. My my mother is from there. Um, so our house was always split from Packers, and then my dad's from Pennsylvania, so it was Steelers. Steelers. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. But my wife's a Viking fan, and she's kind of raised our kids to be Viking fans, so I root for them. Because you don't but, have a choice in that. Yeah, unless as it's the Steelers, and she understands. So, um, <laughs> you know, we got to go last year, actually, to the Steeler-Viking game, and that was great. We went as a family. Steelers didn't win, but... You know, the rest of the family was happy that the Vikes did. So It's a great point, uh, and I don't know if it's good parenting or not. My twin daughter's mother is a Packer fan. Dad, of course, would drink Tom Landry's dirty bathwater. <laughs> I'm uh, born in the Cowboys one day. So the parental thing, maybe that should be our inbox today. The, uh, uh, you know... Eh. Do you just let the child choose, or is there a subtle influence? You, you you know, know, could I have a Roger Staubach jersey in the kid's crib growing up? You know, you know, we kind of let the kids choose, but I do try to influence them a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I've taken all my kids at least, you know, uh, this will be, this year was my last of my kids as far as them all getting a chance to go just with me. Right, right. So my son... And I just flew to Vegas, to Vegas a couple of weeks ago to watch the Steelers play in Vegas. I have another buddy of mine that's a huge Steelers fan that flew his family down there. Yeah, and it was just it was just my one son and, and my other kids. I've done the same thing with them. Where How we just great kind of, is that? It was great. You know, it was a, it was a quick 24-hour experience. Um, but, yeah, it was it was fantastic. And I, I wanted them to kind of get a chance to see what the Steeler Nation was all about. Um, was it everything that kind of? Yeah. So, but you know, he's still a Viking fan, but I think he's warming up to the Steelers. So that's, I mean, that's a well, you know, Derek, that that's a diehard fan. You know, this there are certain fan bases that that if you're a Steelers fan, even if you dislike them, and trust me, <laughs> had a few turbulent. Trust me, as a Cowboy follower since the age of I two, oh, yeah. I get it. You know, there there's there's some battles over there. You know, Lynn Swan, great yeah. ball player. You know, I could go through all that too. But that that's uh, pretty good. It's funny, you know, this date. You know, kind of a where were you when? This date, 89, and I'm trying to, and obviously, you know, we were all old enough. Um, the uh, That earthquake measuring 7.1, 
uh, rocked the A's giant the World Series. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most b- bizarre things in sport that uh, that I could recall. Yeah, that was in San Francisco, right? It, it yep. was. It was out. Yeah, the A's and the Giants. And and I remember. I think it was Terry Steinbach's wife, Terry Steinbach, New Orleans, Minnesota, uh, A's catcher, was like. I think he would. Derek, do you remember that he was like walking her off the field? They were showing shots of all these people, and there was panic because this. This, by the way. 67 people died, 3,000 injuries in that. Man. Al Michaels, I think, was on the the television call. Yeah, I want to say I, I was pretty young, but I was actually living in California. When oh, it really? Happened. Yeah, so my parents were actually in the military, and I moved around, but we were stationed, but we were in Southern California. Sure. But I remember it. I was, gosh, 12 years yeah, old. Yeah, but you remember that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. I think, Derek, do you remember that? Because I remember, like, I think it was either Terry Steinbach finding his wife, and then there was this shot of him just cradling and walking. Mm-hmm. She was like, yep. and I'm sure him being a Minnesota guy and even having spent time out there, probably earthquakes are one thing. We get snow, you know, here and floods yeah. and we get wind and all that. That's one thing you don't get much in North Dakota. Right. No, no, <laughs> I haven't seen an earthquake in North Dakota. But, yeah, when I grew up in California, there was quite a few. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was this day in history. Maybe we can get Dick's uh, thoughts on that. Uh, again, Jack Michael Show coming to you live today from Applebee's, 13th Avenue South in Fargo, Dollaritas. I see the giant uh, silo of Dollarita mix over there. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good right there. The uh, best happy hour in town, new lunch specials, so stop on in today. Greg is with us today. We come back. Dick Bremer, Alex Heiner coming up around the corner. It's a Tuesday edition. Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan. South in Fargo, Dollar Reed is here. You've got, uh, you can enjoy that. At best happy hour, three to five, as Greg mentioned, nine to close. Half price apps as well, new lunch specials, and 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 the tipsy zombie, the Dracula's juice. Now, now, Greg here, who's our our manager, bringing in. We bring Dick Bramer on, who we love and enjoy every Tuesday to bring the television voice of the Minnesota Twins with us. And and uh, and and Dick's brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Uh, Greg, I think we should come up with a meal for for Dick. We could maybe rename one of the Applebee's meals for Dick uh, Bremer here, the, the the legend. I don't know, Dick. Uh, what, what are you a fettuccine guy? Are you? They just some a gentleman just walked by me, Dick, with a plate that literally was sizzling. So maybe a sizzling food. I'm not sure. What do you think, Dick? <laughs> Sound like fajitas to me. Uh, That's exactly. Believe it or not, it, <laughs> believe it or not, at a local uh, uh, breakfast place in uh, Rogers, Minnesota, uh, I do have a menu item. It was in response to uh, Bert having a burger named after him uh, with Wendy's about 15 years ago. Yeah. And uh, so this local restaurant decided to have a burger. Uh, thankfully, they didn't use my first name, but it's called like the Bramer Doubleheader or something like that. Yes. And uh, it's it's like oh it's it, it it's two meals worth of a burger so. <laughs> See, so I, 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 there, your next book, Dick, you maybe should start. You know you made it when, and that'd be one of the reasons. You know you made it uh, when that. And before we talk twins and everything that and and, and postseason here, uh, Greg, who spent some time in in Orange County and and having a, being a son of a military. Uh, a couple they used to, uh, Greg, we, during the break, Dick, he was talking about how you got in free to, to Angels games. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was a long time ago, but in the summertime, all we had to do was show our military dependent ID, and we would get into the, the ball games now that's free. A, that's so. fantastic. <laughs> and, Dick, and, and the reason we started talking California baseball, this is the anniversary of the earthquake in 1989. So, Dick, uh, just wow. to jar your memory, uh, you were where when that earthquake um, in the series of the A's Giants, right? So do you remember that like it was yesterday? Well, I do. I was uh, down in Missouri visiting my sister, uh, uh, getting ready to watch the World Series game, and then uh, uh, obviously they didn't play that night or for several days afterwards. Uh, yeah, very vivid memories of a very awful time. Mm. Dick Bramer here. Uh, the Twins, of course, the, the run and, and, and the run into the postseason with how quickly they, they got through the wild card and then, then facing, of course, Houston, Dick, and, and that ended the way way it ended. And uh, I, I, Derek and I were talking about. I think after that ended, even though the twin season came to an end, and and maybe you were getting this too, Dick. I think from a fan standpoint, there was just a lot of good feeling. 
you know, not not that they lost and were out of it, but a good feeling about maybe what's to come. What, what say you, Dick? Well, I, I agree with you 100%, not just uh, with the product on the field, and we've talked at length during these segments about the great rookie class that the Twins had this year with uh, Royce Lewis, Eddie Julian, Matt Walner, Louis Varland on the pitching side. Uh, but just to see the fans so engaged with this team, with what was going on on the field. Now, I was at the games at Target Field, and I watched a little bit of the uh, Phillies game last night and saw their fans really uh, erupt and become a factor uh, in, in in the game itself. Uh, and I'm guessing for those who watched on TV, you got the same impression uh, with the Twins games at Target Field uh, during the playoff run. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful fan support, both in terms of numbers and volume. I mean, audio volume. Uh, it was really nice to see that. And it, uh, along with the young players that the Twins featured in 2023, it really bodes well for the future. Obviously, a lot of people, Dick, are focusing right away on Sonny Gray. I mean, he had a nice August, September, and how realistic is it that uh, Thad Levine and Derek Felvey can re-sign him? It's, he's going to be a hot commodity this offseason. He will uh, be a hot commodity. There will be a lot of teams uh, uh, lining up uh, with free agent offers. Uh, you know, Sonny's got to do uh, what's best for him and his family. Uh, with that said, uh, I know he felt more at home in Minnesota in the two years he pitched for the Twins so far uh, than he ever did in Oakland, in New York, or Cincinnati. Uh, he was very happy in Minnesota uh, with the clubhouse, with the team, uh, the infrastructure in the baseball department. And so I think the Twins, all things being equal, would be the favorite. But I don't know that the Twins offers in terms of dollars and years will be equal to what he might get on the free market. The other uh, names that are going to come up in, during the offseason, and it, it's almost like, uh, you know, what, what will be the medical reports and those that are needing surgery for one thing or another or the rehab to, to fully get healthy and names like Byron Buxton, certainly, Dick. It seems like every week we're chatting about Byron, but but for good reason. And, and, and names like Alex Kirilov and, you know, Royce Lewis looks like he's going to be a fixture probably on that corner infield spotted third. But, you know, guys like Buxton and, 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 and Kirilov and, you know, will Byron be the starting center fielder, Dick, next year for the Minnesota Twins? Well, I think that's everybody's hope. Now, Byron's already had a knee issue addressed where they took out some tissue in his right knee that they hope will relieve the, you know, uh, issues that uh, were causing so much pain that uh, tendonitis and, and all of that in his right knee. Uh, I think what we saw this year from Byron is is a fraction of who he can be and has proven to be on the field. So I, I don't know that he's going to be a good option for the Twins moving forward as a full-time DH, which was his role this year when healthy. I think the hope is that uh, he'll be able to play center field. And I, I'm of the belief that if he's able to go out and run around and play center field, that his offensive numbers will bounce back as well. As far as, uh, you know, other pending free agents and guys that they got to, you know, do options on and all that, I think, you know, Plonko and Kepler in that category. It's, it's, there's just a lot of things. There'll be a lot of moving parts here for the front office. Right. And with Polanco, you've got the uh, dilemma, nice one, I guess, if you're Derek Falvey, do you pick up the option on Polanco? put him at second base. I don't think the Twins liked what they saw from Polanco at third base, and the hope is Royce Lewis will be there. But then what do you do with Eddie Julian? Do you um, you know, put him in the DH spot? Uh, do you move him to another position, maybe first base? Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know, the options <laughs> Excuse me, that might be picked up or not picked up. Well, you bring up Max Kepler, Derek, and uh, and Dick, and, and, and Jorge Polanco, and, and Kep, uh, Dick, oftentimes you said that second half of the season, uh, uh, you know, Kep was, you know, if, if not the most valuable player, certainly probably in the discussion from Minnesota Twins, and, and despite, you know, taking cold third strikes and that being a memory for the season to end, I don't think it's the memory. I think people really uh, liked you're not going to find a guy that, that plays that outfield position uh, better than Max, certainly at target field. So, you know, are, are there no brainers <laughs> there, Dick, I guess, in those club options? Well, I, I would think that, uh, you know, there's a you know pretty good chance the Twins would pick up 
Kepler's option. I think it's for $10 million, and the buyout is $1 million, so it's really a $9 million decision. And based on the production that Max gave the Twins in the second half of the year uh, this past year, uh, that would seem to be a no-brainer. Uh, but, you know, again, you, you've got to find room for Matt Walner, right? Uh, you've got to maybe find room for Trevor Larnick. Uh, we don't talk much about him, but when he was initially sent down, when Kirilov was activated, uh, Larnick was leading the team and runs batted in. Uh, so he's a run producer. And he probably deserved to be on the big league roster all year long, but the Twins were, uh, for a change, quite a contrast from the year before, they were pretty deep in outfielders. And so uh, we'll, we'll wait and see, you know, what the decision is about picking up the option. And then I, I know this, that, uh, you know, if, for instance, Kepler, the option was picked up, and then there would be, I would, I'm sure, a lot of trade interest for uh, Max just, just simply because of how he performed in the second half. Well, that was kind of what I was going to get into. I mean, I don't think anyone, I would have lost a lot of money if you would have told me they are going to, trade a Luis Arise, but you can't really rule anything out this offseason or any offseason with this front office right now. Well, as I'm watching the playoff game the other day, I decided, and this is what I do, this is why I watch a lot of baseball alone because I'm locked in on baseball. I'm not really a good conversationalist when I'm watching a game, but I was looking on the phone uh, and, and looking up uh, some, some stats while I was watching a Twins game. And, and the Cleveland Guardians, last year had, for the most part, Stephen Kwan in left field, Miles Straw in center. They combined for 1,100, exactly 1,100 at-bats, and between them hit a total of six home runs. And so you look within the division, and the Cleveland Guardians have got to do something to you know get a little more pop in their bat, particularly from their outfielders. Uh, so they're going to be, I would hope, for the com- their fans' sake, that they'd be really committed to trying to get a power-hitting outfielder. And not that I want to see Max play for anybody else, but I would guess the Guardians would be pretty high uh, on on Max, given how he's you know hit so well in their ballpark. And to piggyback on that, Dick Bremer joining us on the, uh, the show, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Uh, Jack Michael show coming to you today from Applebee's on 13th Avenue South in Fargo. To piggyback on that, Dick, normally the adage is pitching and defense, you know, wins championships. You know, we've heard that quite a bit. I'm not so sure home runs don't win championships, Dick, to, judging by some of the postseason. My goodness, there are guys that are just, you know, Castellanos is in like, Reggie Jackson, 1977, that was <laughs> rarefied air, right, Dick? Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Twins ran into uh, Jordan Alvarez, who was on, uh, you know, his home run tear and almost single-handedly took the Twins out of the playoffs. Uh, analytics people in baseball have been preaching this for a long, long time, which is why the game is very much power-oriented, whether it's on the mound or in the batter's box. It's a power game right now. It was interesting as I was watching – uh, the uh, Texas game yesterday, Texas-Houston game yesterday, and the Rangers got four runs in the first inning, did not hit a home run, but scored their four runs uh, just by hitting the ball up the middle into the opposite field. And uh, it, it occurred to me, when's the last time I saw that, where somebody scored four runs in an inning, forget that it was in the playoffs, four runs in an inning, there wasn't a home run involved. I'm not even sure they had an extra base hit, but they, it wasn't a pull conscious attack that they used to take that big lead and then they ended up uh, winning by one run as it was but uh it's very much a power driven uh league right now and particularly the teams in the in the postseason now they've had studies that says that the in the postseason uh the team with the most home runs always wins and that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy i suppose but you know on the other side i think what we saw from the twins this year is the price you have to pay if you want to hit the ball over the fence, which is a commensurate high number of strikeouts. You know, the Rangers, too, I mean, Jack and I have for years talked about is there a momentum in baseball if the starting pitcher comes out and shuts it down, but, boy, the Texas Rangers are trying to throw it all in the face of us because yeah, when you're seeing the ball, it doesn't really matter. It just looks fat to everyone with that organization right now, it looks like. Right, and they, you know, they're healthier now uh, than they were when the Twins faced them. The Twins won, I think, five of the seven games between the two teams, but they're healthier now. Uh, Jonah Heim, I think, is hitting from both sides of the plate now. Uh, Josh Young, their outstanding uh, third baseman, was hurt when the Twins faced them. 
So they they've got it rolling, and they had a good lineup when the Twins faced them, but now they're you know healthy and really look like a formidable force to maybe get uh, by the Houston Astros, depose them uh, from their World Championship perch, and uh, represent the American League in the World Series. Yeah, I think uh, as we were chatting today too, if you really don't have a pony in the race, I said, is there a is there a team of these Final Four? Dick, AL or NL, that that the general, you know, population could cheer for. Is there a story there? You know, Texas is kind of a developing one. Just the fact that they have doing what they're doing without having lost yet. I think locally here, you know, we've talked about Matt Strom before and his presence on the Philly. So I'd imagine in this area, there's probably and Chris Coast being a former Philly, you know, with a championship. I suppose there's that. Houston, you know, Derek made a good point. As much as they're an easy team not to like because of the garbage can and all that stuff, Dick, you know, it's hard not to like Jose Altuve and Dusty Baker seems like such a great throwback classic guy, easy to root for. And I don't know where the Diamondbacks, maybe a lot of people will uh, go down there to live in the winter. I'm not sure, Dick. Is is there a team that the general population that you feel is pulling for here? Well, I, I because I'm a Minnesota guy, right, and because I was involved with the team in 1987, and I know how thrilling it was for this region to win its first World Series, uh, I tend to you know, lean toward the, the team's that have not won before. So uh, Texas having the lead in the American League playoffs, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'd like to see them get to and maybe win the World Series. Diamondbacks have won one. The Phillies have won one. So I guess uh, won several. Uh, so my guess is I'd, I'd probably uh, be leaning for the Texas Rangers right now or rooting for them anyway. Yeah, I don't think you're alone on that. It's a, I don't know. I, I t- told Jack earlier, it's hard for me to pull for anyone from Dallas, but, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. And, <laughs> and it just kind of, <laughs> you know, as far as that's concerned, it, I, these, these baseball games have been flying by, and I think we were all a little bit nervous about the uh, rule changes, but, boy, it's made the postseason a lot better, too. Well, I saw on uh, X, formerly Twitter, uh, this morning that the ratings for the uh, baseball postseason have been really, really good, uh, and I think it's the pace of play. I mean, it's it's one thing as I did, you know, 160 times or whatever, um, to be able to go to a game and see the pace of the game in person and appreciate it. But it's really important too for TV ratings uh, because the games, even though they they sell you know longer commercial breaks and all that, there's just a a pace to the game that that hadn't uh, you know been there for quite some time. So I think the rule changes, you know, going to help TV ratings not just for the playoffs, but come World Series time as well. We'll see how it pans out. Again, game uh, game two of the uh, Phillies Diamondbacks coming up tonight. Game three, Houston travels to Texas. That uh, I mean, man, man alive! Can you imagine if Texas just rolls? that ALCS and sits around and waits. It, it, it's really a lot of fun. It's great to have Dick Bremer talk about it, a guy that has been there, done that, called those big games, knows what it's like uh, for a team to overcome after not, you know, and all these streaks. So it's great to lean on you, Dick, uh, for your insight. And Greg will work on that. Uh, maybe some kind of fajita, like a, like, a, like a Bremer fajita, some kind of Applebee's. That's <laughs> not like we'll, we'll work on that. We can try. We haven't had the fajitas for a while, but I would definitely we can like fire to that baby back up. Back up. Throw it yeah. out with that burger. Dick's got yeah. already down there in Rogers or whatever. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Dick, thanks for the time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dick. Well, are we going to do one next week? Yes, we are, oh. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We're we're still on for next week. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, we're we're good for next week. <laughs> yeah, that's good okay. to know. Thank you, Dick. All right, Dick Dick Bramer, television voice of the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Jefferson. Lines, Dottoritas, happy hours, day night, like day night doubleheaders. They have them here at Applebee's, the half price appetizers as well. And then the lunch menu. Before we bring on Alex, Alex Heinert, uh, the, uh, the lunch menus, what, what's your, what's your favorite? What do you like? Or what do you order? You know, we have so many different combinations right now. Um, I'm, I'm really happy we brought this back. We, we hadn't had it for a while. Um, and again, we listen to what our customers want, um, and we brought back the Lacombos. It's a great deal. It starts off at ten ninety nine, and that includes um, your choice of, you know, we have our signature items, our classics, which can be salads, sandwiches, even half size pastas, um, and that 
that all starts, like I said, ten ninety nine. And then you can include, add on some things, right? Yep. 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 So we have different tiers, um, and it includes your drink as well. So to get uh, you know all these different combinations, um, including your 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 pop as well, it's actually a really great deal. I mean, right now when I go around town. You know, I don't always just eat at Applebee's, right. but when I have lunch you somewhere. You got to check out what, what yep. things are happening. And, and it's just crazy where, you know, even at fast food now, you can't get anything it's for It's 20 jobs. bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, for, right? So, you know, so if I can come into Applebee's and get, you know, all these different combinations um, and a drink for ten ninety nine, Yeah. Like, you can't beat it. You nailed it. Yeah, you exactly nailed it. We'll come back. Speaking of that, you've seen the hotel prices in uh <laughs> In a certain town, northern end of the valley, Derek. Well, we'll talk about that with Alex. Not that he's a hotel connoisseur or priced on that, but turns to be uh, when there's a big event in town. Oh, the word it rhymes with uh, mouge, mouging. Ma- anyway, Alex Heiner joining us next. More Bison UND today. We'll tell you why and what that's about. And Gophers UND hockey this week. And Alex Heiner joining us next on the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen at 740 The Fan. 740 The Fan will highlight the best in high school sports each week with the fan's finest during the Jack Michaels Show, noon to 1 p.m. Listen each week. Check out 740thefan.com and the fan's social media to see the fan's finest. Brought to you by Cass Clay Creamery. Uh, here he is, the man, the golden tones behind the mic, Mr. Universe. Wait, now, normally my intros for Alex are take a long time just because I'm a I'm a big fan. Alex Seinert, Midco Sports. You can catch Alex uh, doing uh, Alex uh, doing uh, play-by-play of hockey. I caught him the other night uh, doing a volleyball game. The volleyball play-by-play is off the charts. I'm impressed. He's so good at what he does. And tonight there is volleyball at the BBF in Fargo between the two schools. And then Saturday and Friday, Friday and Saturday, there's the small mm, game. I don't think it's an outdoor rink. Oh, yeah, it's at Ralph Engelstead Arena, Minnesota. And UND. Alex Seinert joining us here. Hi, Alex. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Jack. No, thanks for the for the kind words. A wonderful, inappropriate introduction. Yeah, the only, <laughs> the only thing better it. is if you'd be hanging out with me at, at Applebee's today on 13th Avenue South in Fargo. We could have broken bread here and then decided what what's going on. It is uh, it is crazy, Alex. I mean, from last Saturday and of course the football game and then the icebreaker tournament in hockey in Grand Forks. You know, Army and then Wisconsin. I didn't see any Badgers get on the ice, but maybe there was. I don't know. Maybe that happened. And then you lead in it tonight at the BBF in Fargo, which is a quaint little venue, by the way, for North Dakota State. That's a tough place to play. Let's start there, and then we'll let you chat about this weekend against the Gophers. I guess we'll bury one of that, that big 800-pound gorilla. But uh, this should be a fun little Tuesday night at the BBF, huh, Alex? Yeah, it should be. Uh, it's a big match. Too. I mean, we're kind of a quarter of the way through, approaching really the halfway point almost of the Summit League volleyball season. Both of these teams are in the top six, which would get you into the Summit League tournament. Both are within a game of each other in the standings. And as you said, yeah, the Benson Bunker Fieldhouse has been a bit of a fortress for NDSU over the years, and that's a tough place to go into. UND and NDSU both enter on, on many losing streaks, so they'll both be desperate to back on the winning side of the ledger. Right? It's always a fun We're, rivalry, no matter what sport. But but this is this has become a really good rivalry on the volleyball court. It really has, Alex. You know, we we made such a big thing as we should with the, when the football teams played. You know, and they first started playing in 1894, and it was the 116th meeting, and all of this stuff going on. You know, realize is I think this is about the hundred and ninth or tenth meeting of the the, the volleyball programs, Alex. For goodness <laughs> sakes. Yeah, they've played, they've played each other a time or two, yeah, and they're typically big games, exciting games. Uh, North Dakota State will come to the Betty on the last day of the regular season in November as well this year, so there, there's always something to play for. And, and like I said, this year, the, the context of it, given where it falls in the season, where the two teams are at in the conference standings, how much they'll want to kick on and, and pick up a big win, it just adds a little intrigue to this for sure. NDSU three and four in the league, uh, North Dakota two and five. So if UND, who who has not, who has picked off uh, the Bison in Fargo, if they win, all of a sudden those two teams are are tied in conference play. Uh, when they first started playing, by the way, they were still the side out. Those matches, my sisters all played volleyball, Alex, and, and you've been around it long enough to know those matches could could take like nine hours. You could finish like three seasons of uh, you know your favorite <laughs> Netflix special. Uh, but so now we don't have that anymore. We're 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 rallying it up. Could you imagine doing the old side out now, Alex? By the way, it would. It's a completely different game 
The rally scoring versus side out is just a different deal. The funny thing is, if you play pickleball, Jack, I'm not sure if you're a pickleball ah. guy, the side out rule is still in effect. You can only score on your serve. So you get a little reminder of what that's like to win points but not actually get any points if you play pickleball. I, and volleyball is may... like that, of course. It's probably a better <laughs> well, version. Well, Alex, Alex, I may be the only human I'm familiar that has not played pickleball. It like has taken over. Greg is here from Applebee's. I'm Andrew. Greg, it literally, as Alex says, it's taken over the nation. It's insane. Isn't it? Um, you know, up in Grand Forks, uh, we've seen so, I mean, there's an area in Grand Forks as a park where you can't even get your kids to school, you know, um, or I'm sorry, not to school, but, you know, uh, get your kids to uh, the playground because the whole playground is literally covered with people playing pickleball. It's over by Optimus Park, and it's just absolutely insane how it's taken over, and people love it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Alex, that's your next gig. You and I will be doing play-by-play for uh, like the, the Summit League pickleball uh, tournament going on. So that's volleyball tonight, 7 o'clock at the Benson Bunker Field. I know we don't have you too long, Alex, and I wanted you to a word or two on, on Minnesota and North Dakota. You know, you've called so many of these, and you, you, you're you invested in this. So I'll ask an easy one out of the gate, Alex, you know. So what does this weekend mean for, for either team uh, in Grand Forks? Well, I think more so, I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we talk about volleyball being at a critical point in the season. This, of course, is just the second week of the regular season. So it's not one of those season-defining type weekends in terms of just the context of this season. But at the same time, it's one versus five in the country. It's North Dakota versus Minnesota. Everybody gets so amped up for this weekend. And again, even though we've had, we've gotten used to this rivalry being back after it disappeared for a couple of years when the transition happened in 2013 to the Big Ten and the NCHC, we're not going to have this game next year. And I think it just, it's so rare and special. And I think there's so much that goes into this on both sides, from the fan bases to the players that you just can't help but get wrapped up in it. And it will become the most important thing, you know, that, that happens not necessarily in the course of the season, but, I mean, it's, it's the biggest thing that's going to happen for either of these teams for a little while, just because it is North Dakota, Minnesota. And you go back and you look at the history and the excitement that comes with it. It just gives you the goosebumps. I just thinking about the stuff that could happen this weekend. We were treated to two incredible overtime, overtime games last year in Mariucci when these two met up. And, I mean, these two teams come in very similar, carbon copies of each other with great forward groups, a bit unproven in defense, and then good experienced goaltenders. And it's going to be a ton of fun this weekend at the Ralph. Can't wait. Yeah, and I Alexander, think, oh, go ahead, D. I was just going to ask, you mentioned the goaltenders. I mean, did the UND finally got that stand-on-the-head goaltender that they want after some experience here? Because they've been looking for that. I think that's been kind of the thing since Cam Johnson, right? Yeah, I mean, they've had some good ones since Cam. Adam Shield was Adam Shield was pretty good a couple of those years when they won 10 Rose Cups. And I think you could say the same thing for Zach Driscoll, and Drew DeRitter got hot down the stretch last year. I think so far this season, it's too early to tell for sure if Ludwig Person is going to lead them to a national championship. But certainly, great pedigree playing three years in the NCHC. He was always very, very good for Miami teams that didn't give him a lot of support. He pitched a shutout against a really good Badger team on Saturday night. And then, you know, the only two goals he gave up against Army were on the power play. So he's yet to give up an even strength goal this season. He's a great guy, and it just has the right mindset to be a top-class goalie. I think he's embracing the challenge of being the number one goaltender at North Dakota. And he could be that next great one in the long line of UND goaltenders that have gone on to a tremendous success. I thought it was uh, Alexander joining us, Midco, and uh, Gophers and and, uh, and UND hockey this weekend. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at a luncheon uh, for UND, I'm seeing that and all that, and as you have done before many times, Alex and and Brad spoke, Brad Barry, and and he was going through the because the, there's a lot of new faces, there's a lot mm-hmm. for UND. You know, I, I'd ask you, Alex, what's your identity, but I don't think we're going to know that just yet. But when Brad said, you know, he's talking about Ludwig Person, and you know, as you talked about transfer from Miami, and he goes, and we got a guy named Hobie, and I thought, what a great name for a <laughs> he's got Hobie Headquist. I mean, Alex, it doesn't get any better than that, right? You get, you got to have a player named Hobie on your on your hockey team. It, it can't hurt, right? Now, Hobie, of course, the backup goalie this year, but he he's another kid that's got a bright future. He was really good in the BCHL the last two years for Alberni Valley, and he'll be he'll be standing by in case 
break glass if needed for Hobie this year, but he's the goalie of the future, and they're excited for him. But, yeah, it doesn't hurt. I mean, any any little lucky charm you can grab, that you, you take it, certainly, at college hockey. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of Hobie, I mean, man, Jackson Blake, I, I don't want to get the cart before the horse, and it seems like just yesterday I watched his father play, but, boy, he's had an impressive start to the season. He, I mean, as advertised, right, he was phenomenal last year, led the team in scoring as a freshman. He was a preseason All-American pick this year, and you, you can see he's gotten better. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten better on the puck, more aware of how good he is in comparison to the players he's playing against. There's certainly some buzz. He, obviously, he had a big night against Manitoba in exhibition play. He scored two more goals and got an assist this past weekend. The fun thing about this, by the way, is that he's going to play Jimmy Snuggerud, who's another Hobie Baker candidate for Minnesota. And those two guys are, if you go down the list, both preseason All-Americans, both outstanding freshmen a season ago that were right up in the top scoring ranks in their conference. Both obviously Twin Cities-based kids. Both had fathers who were All-Americans for these respective programs. Both high draft picks. But it, but they're completely different players. I bet that's what makes it so fun. Snuggerud has got an unbelievable shot. And Blake will beat you with his craft and his skill. And those two, again, both sophomores, they're going to be going at it against each other this weekend. And you're going to see two of the best players in college hockey facing off. It's going to be another another wrinkle of why this is going to be such a fun weekend. I don't know if you want to add this to your preparation, Alex, for the uh, thing, but I do have it on a good source that Jason Blake actually did work for a minute or two at Apple, Applebee's, by the way, which we're coming to live from. <laughs> see the nuggets you can get on a Tuesday on the on the show? I mean, that's right, Greg? I mean, I've heard that. that yeah, I was. I've been with Applebee's for 27 years. Okay, um, and I was in Grand Forks going to school, and I want to say he was there for a couple of days, attempting to be a bartender. I don't know exactly what took place if he wasn't allowed to to work with school or anything. But uh, <laughs> that was yeah, before NIL. The, the rumor <laughs> has it that he was there, and I remember seeing him. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure that rumor's true. Yeah, look at that. See, we pulled a nugget out there. I, I got I got one more for Alex. He, you know, we can, I won't ask you about. I said I won't ask you about identities yet on these two clubs. You know, Gophers one, North Dakota five. But are there? Can you stereotype a Bradbury team and a Bob Motsko team, Alex? Is that a fair enough question to ask? Can you can no, you stereotype these two guys? Yeah, I mean, Bob has been a head coach now for 19 seasons in college hockey, and this is his sixth at Minnesota as the head coach. Of course, he was an assistant when they won a couple national championships in 02 and 03. But his teams and Brad Berry's teams really aren't too dissimilar. I think we've seen Bob make this Minnesota program a little bit older. I mean, they still get the top you know, first-round draft pick high-end kids from the state of hockey. But he's also incorporated some guys who were playing in the North American Hockey League last year. And you wouldn't have really seen that so much under Don Lucia or in recent years. And... I think he's, he's uh, given them a little more bite and maybe a little more structure than they had in recent years. Because when you think of North Dakota, that's what you think of. You think of hard skill, a team that does have some high-end players but will just outwork you, and, and they'll win by sheer will and sheer force. And I think you've seen Minnesota come a little closer to that. And again, with some of the high-end guys like Blake and like Jaden Perron and Reese Gaber, you've seen the skill level of North Dakota drift a little closer to what Minnesota's is. So... I think they are they are pretty similar teams this year. Um, North Dakota is still going to be big and physical. Their blue line is massive. They have a ton of big boys that we've seen take two playing at the Ralph pretty well the last two weeks. Um, so they'll still have that to their game. But they're going to be outscoring teams this season, and Minnesota will be doing the same thing. So when you look at identity, I think both of these teams play hockey the right way. I've said it a lot, but again, because you've got this iron sharpens iron situation in this great rivalry where it isn't necessarily these contrastive styles like we're used to with Minnesota and North Dakota, it just adds to the intrigue this weekend. Derek, it's a crime they don't play every year, isn't it? It really is. It is. And, you know, I, I'd kill for a home and home series every year like oh. we should have, but uh, I understand what's going on here. But uh, it would be, I, I wish they would kind of do a thing even where they could do like the. St. Cloud and Minnesota kind of do what Bemidji and and uh, and UND did, just to kind of mix it up. It's because I think everyone enjoy that, even if you just played them once. You know what I'm getting at? It'd be fun, but mm-hmm. it'd be nice to work that. Yeah, out. it would be fun. Yeah, well, maybe someday we can hope. I I know that the economic impact the last two weekends now in Grand Forks, well, last weekend and this one probably not very big, huh, Alex? Like, there's nobody's <laughs> spent a dollar. Very minimal. Very very minimal. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, what a time. What a yeah, time in the Northern Red River Valley. 
Right. I, I don't know if you look at the last two weekends with what has been going on uh, and then what happened, you know, and the results that happened, you know, my goodness, if, 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 if Brad Berry's club, pray tell him knocking on wood takes two from the Gophers, that's just the lid's going to be off of the city, for goodness sake. So it's exciting. Alex, hey, uh, thanks, man. I short notice, too. It's always great to have the pro on uh, with us and, uh, and have some good calls, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Oh, thanks so much, Jack. You're the best, buddy. Miss you. Enjoy the weekend. You bet. Alex Seinert, um, a long time and uh, one of the great play-by-play voices in the country. Uh, that and we, you know, kind of get a call of our own here in our backyard. Good stuff. I know we're up against the clock. Greg, thanks for letting us come out here and feeding us today. And I'm bringing oh, Derek back pleasure. some pasta and he can have some fun. And uh, quick, uh, quickly, what do you want people to know? Well, I want everybody to know about our specials. Like we said, we have our lunchtime uh, combination um, uh, new lunch menu, like I said, there's different choices uh, to choose from. Starts at ten ninety nine. Um, realistically, like I said, there's no better deal in town for lunch. Um, ten ninety nine, you can't beat it. Um, then we have our happy hour specials, our three to five, our nine to close. Um, we're we're doing our October drinks for this month: the Tipsy Zombie, the Dracula Juice, and then an add-on bonus is that Dollar Rita. That, what we started I the mean, show with. Yeah, uh, like I said, we we haven't done it for a few years. We brought it back, and it it has just been insane um, how much product we're going through, how much, um, you know, people just absolutely love this this particular drink, uh, and you can eat it for a dollar. As you heard, uh, how many times did Greg mention today, it's because of you that they have done this. You know, they listen to their customers. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate it. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next. We've got the Uni Coaches Show at 6 tonight. High School Volleyball, Shanley at West Fargo. Bob Roars. The roar has been restored tonight. High School Volleyball uh, right here. Common Man is next on The Fan. The Minnesota Twins, Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks, and the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks play on KNFL Fargo and 107.3 K297BW Fargo-Moorhead. Each January, the community donates to Sanford Children's Hospital during the Cares for Kids Radiothon. Now you can support the kids all year long with Miracle Mondays, sponsored in part by JDP Electric. Each Monday, you can help by supporting participating sponsors who dedicate a portion of their sales to help save lives of children in our community. Find out where at y94.com slash miracle. 